Well, welcome to Heritage of Faith. We're so glad that you joined us tonight for our midweek service. And, and I know we might not be able to be, be together tonight, but I'm telling you, there's no distance in the, the anointing. There's no distance in the Word of God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is faithful. And no matter what you're facing and what you're going through, the Word of God is the answer to the victory that overcomes the world. Why? Because the Word is what builds our faith. And I'm telling you, we, have, we are heritage of faith. And I believe tonight that your faith will, will be built. Your faith will be built up on the Word of God. And, and I know right now as a nation, as a community, even as a church, we're uh, facing a lot of uh, different challenges and different things. But I'm telling you, the Word of God is not bound in any way. And we speak strength into your lives. We speak strength into your physical bodies. And we believe that, that God, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now, as we, I begin tonight, and I'm going to, uh, we have uh, Nikki Deaton to be ministering the word tonight, but I want to start with a scripture. It's in Psalm 73, verse 28. It says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. Can you say that? It is good for me to draw near to God. It says, I have put my trust in the Lord God and made him my refuge that I may tell of all your works. The Passion Translation says this, but I'll keep coming closer and closer to you, Lord Yahweh, for your name is good to me. Hallelujah. Your name is good to me, and I'll keep telling the world of your awesome works, my faithful and glorious God. Just right now, as we, as we begin this service, I want you to lift your hands to heaven, and I want you to just, just maybe, maybe if you can, just stand where you are and, and just welcome the presence of the Lord where, where you are. The word says where, where we worship him, where it says he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you choose to praise him, when you choose to draw close to him, the word says he draws near to us. So, Father, we just welcome you into our time tonight. We welcome you into our Bible study. We thank you, Father, for you being Lord. We thank you for your presence that quickens and makes alive. I thank you that you sent your word and you healed us and you delivered us from all our destruction. So I declare as the word goes forth tonight, I thank you healing comes. As the word goes forth, faith comes. As the word goes forth, I thank you people will be set free. We thank you for your perfect will being done tonight. We declare that you are Lord over our lives. We declare you're Lord over our church. We declare you're Lord over our family. You're Lord over our community and you're Lord over our nation. Father, I thank you for healing and victory. I thank you, Father, for, for the, the total uh, deliverance and the set free and the removal of coronavirus in the name of Jesus. We speak for life. We speak for life over our church family. We speak peace over our church family. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Like I said, we're so glad that you joined us tonight. I'm looking forward to the word tonight. So if you could, right where you are, give Nikki a deep in a hand as she comes to minister the word. Amen. Come on, Nikki. Good evening, Heritage. All right. As I was getting ready tonight um, for the service, the Lord just mentioned to me he didn't want a normal service. And the word that he gave to me was rally. He wants a rally tonight. So I'm sure I'm giving the cameras a fit. But I'll walk up here and grab this. Does anybody know what this is? It's a baseball cap, right? It's a baseball cap. But what is it now? This is a rally cap. Are you ready, church? We're going to have a rally tonight. Pep rally, right? We're going to rally the troops. So if you need to get your rally cap, I'll give you a few minutes. Go in the other room. Grab your rally cap because we're going to rally tonight. Amen. We're going to get excited. We're going to come into one place with one mind. We're going to be assemble. Even though we're not in the same house, we're going to assemble. I even brought my foam finger. I even brought my foam finger. Pep rally tonight. All right. I want to talk to you about this word rally because that's what God talked to me about. This word rally means to reunite. It means to collect and reduce to order troops that have been dispersed or thrown into confusion. It means to assemble or to unite. 
So tonight we're going to rally. We're going to reunite. There may be things that have come into your life over the past week or whatever to where you've been confused. Some confusion has set in. Or maybe, you know, let's just face it, we're dispersed. You're not all in this room with me, so you're dispersed. So tonight we're going to take time to rally. We're going to come together and get one mind and be in one accord, and we're going to get rid of confusion. Let me read you the definition of confusion. Confusion means a mixture of several things. I don't know about you, but with everything that's going on out there, there's stuff coming at you constantly. You know, whether it's election or COVID or whatever the case may be, all these things trying at you. And so then it can create disorder in your life. It can create tumult, tumultuous conditions, right? And we're seeing some of that in the world. We're seeing some of that out there, seeing it in the news. Confusion means a blending or a confounding. So it's taking things and it's blending it together. It's all in one pot right? It's an indistinct combination. Confusion can also mean astonishment. You know, when you're confused, you're stunned for a second, aren't you? It's like you get stunned and then you can get agitated. Confusion is a distraction of the mind and then it can lead to overthrow, defeat, or ruin. Those are not words for the church. Those are not our words. We are not to be overthrown, defeated, or ruined. And we are not to be distracted. So tonight, God wants us to rally. We're going to rally the troops, right? We're going to reunite, and we're going to assemble, and we're not going to have any confusion, right? We're going to bring into order, right? So you may be thinking, well, I think I'm doing pretty good. I haven't, um, I haven't been confused. That's fine, but I still think we should rally because how many of you said the word revival? today. Did you say the word revival? Because that's what we've been talking about in church. That's what God's been speaking to us about. And so if we're not speaking the same thing he's speaking, then maybe our minds have gotten a little bit distracted. So our mouths are supposed to be speaking revival. We're supposed to be, did you say abundant overflow today? Did you say abundant overflow? Because those are the things that we're supposed to be talking about. Those are the things we're supposed to be of one mind and one accord with God. What he says we're supposed to be saying. How many of you said COVID or election? (laughs) Those words might have been on your mouth, but that's not what God's talking about, right? He's talking about other things. So we want to be tonight in one mind and one accord against one enemy, right? We have one enemy. And so that's what we're going to focus on. I I know that you probably know from my props tonight that I like sports. How many of you like sports? Raise your hand if you're sitting in your sofa and you like sports. I like sports. I like sports. When it comes to sports, I like that it's one team against the other team. And it really what it really boils down to in any, in any competition or effort is who executes their plays the best, right? It's who can execute their plays the best, who can run the right offense, who can run the best defense, right? So It's about executing the plays. We're going to come back to that. Don't forget that I said that. Executing the plays. Now, when you have a good team and um, you like to win, chances are you send out a scout. You scout other teams. You find out what the teams your opponents are doing, right, so that you can counter what they're doing. Right. So when I played basketball, we would have scouts. They would go out. They would come back. They would say, Union City's running a 2-3 zone. So what would we do? We would get in practice and we would practice against a 2-3 zone. And we would do it and do it and do it until we could break the zone, right? If they said they're pressing the whole second half, then we would get into practice and we would practice our press break until we could do it in our sleep. If we wanted to win. If you don't want to win, you don't have to do any of that. You can just go at it and, you know, just take your best chance, right? Leave it up to luck. Who's going to do better? But if you really like to win, and I do, then you want to practice. You want to practice until you know you can execute your plays to perfection, right? That's what it's about if you want to win. So when it comes down to it, I was thinking about this on my way in tonight. I'm like, Lord, thank you for this on the way in tonight while I was driving in. When you have plays and when your coach calls a play, Let's say in the heat of the moment, coach sees something on the floor, he calls a play. What's it? Your success is going to be determined by how well you execute the play, how well you heard the coach, and then how well you ran the play that he called, right? So there's power in obedience. If your coach can see what's going on on the floor and he calls out a play, chances are that play is going to work, 
right? That's why he called it out. So there's power in obedience. In other words, your obedience to do what your coach is saying becomes the channel to power, the channel of power to win, right? When I think about the people in the Bible, people who were just amazing, right? You, you tend to think about the Apostle Paul. I mean, he wrote like half of the New Testament, right? There's not one of us that doesn't look at the Apostle Paul and think, wow, what a man of God, right? I mean, so many miracles, so much revelation, so much time he must have spent with Jesus. The way they carried handkerchiefs from his body and it healed people. I mean, wow, right? Wow. Wow. He was a man of God. But when I think about Paul, I think about how the very first time Jesus showed up in his life, Paul's very first question was, what do you want me to do? What would you have me do, Lord? And Paul was so successful on behalf of the kingdom of God. So successful. Why? Because he was obedient. His very first question to Jesus was, what would you have me do? Just think about that. If we ask Jesus every day, what would you have me do? And then listened for his voice and then obeyed, our obedience becomes the channel for power. Because God has a whole agenda. He's got great things on his list for this year and next year. And part of it came out in the word of the Lord for 2021. He's got a whole lot of things on his mind, a whole lot of things on his to-do list that he wants done. And so we become the channels for him to work, the channels for his, for his power. Our obedience to him becomes a channel for his power to work in our lives, in other people's lives, in our family's lives, in our bodies. He will tell us what to do and all it. All we have to do is do it, is do it. So tonight, I want to talk about the word of the Lord for 2021. Because, as I said, it comes down to who's going to execute the plays. And surprisingly, God gave us some plays in this word for 2021. And I want to bring those out so that we are all on the same page and so that we're all doing them so we're all winning. I want us all to win. I want us all to receive what God has promised But there is a part in this word from the Lord that's our part. So let's read through it real quickly. Or not real quickly. We'll just go slow. We'll read through it and I want you to hear God's part, but then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna break it down. I'm gonna tell you what God's part is. We'll go over it again and then we'll go over our part. But let's read the whole thing. So the word of the Lord, delivered from Dr. Savelle for twenty twenty one, the Lord says, A new era has begun. And more and more signs and wonders will be seen in 2021. For those who will heed my voice and obey my words, they'll experience my goodness and my power as never seen nor heard. Wow, think about that. They'll see the fruit of their faithfulness come bursting forth, and they'll prosper and flourish like never before. Abundance and overflow, that's what they'll see. I'll bring it to pass because of their love and their obedience to me. No longer will their enemy have the upper hand, for my spirit is moving and an outpouring of my power is coming upon the land. Many triumphant victories will mark this new era. It's what I've planned, so rest in me. Miracle after miracle, that's what I'll do. Decree it and receive it and know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by what's said in the news. With me on your side, how can you lose? So stay with my word. It's faithful and true. I'll bring it to pass and great things I will do. Yes, a new era is here. It's already begun. And I've planned marvelous things for you in 2021. Abundant overflow is the order of the day. So rest assured it's on its way. Your adversary can't stop what I've already decreed. So stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you by what they say. Keep looking to me and I'll have my way. Tell my people they'll need to remain strong and stay close to me so they'll not be deceived by their enemy. His attacks will intensify and he'll try to prevail, but my power is greater and it shall not fail. Fear not, nor be fretful over whatever shall come. The battle is mine and I've already won. Contrary to what you'll see and what you hear, 2021 will be a great year. A year of abundance and overflow. That's my plan, and it shall be so. Amen. So that's good news. Amen. 
All right, so let's just talk about God, what he promises to do in 2021. I made a quick list of the things I saw that he said he his part was in 2021. Signs, he promises signs, he promises wonders, he promises experiences of my goodness, experiences of my power like never before. Think about that. The fruit of faithfulness will be bursting forth, prosper and flourishing like never before. Enemy no longer will have the upper hand. I mean, that's, you know, that's God's promise. That's God's part, right? He's going to make sure the enemy no longer has an upper hand. He said his spirit is moving. That's his part. Outpouring of my power upon the land. That's what he's going to do. Many triumphant victories, he promises. Miracle after miracle. Praise God. Miracle after miracle. Miracle after miracle. Great things. The next thing he says, great things. I leaned over to Freddie on Sunday and I said, when God says great things, what do you think he means by great? Think about that. God said great things. God, who's the great I am, used the word great. What do you think great means to God? Wow. Great things I'll do. And then he says marvelous things. Marvelous things. And abundant overflow. Abundant overflow. Aren't those great words? Those are all such great news. Signs, wonders, experiences of my goodness, experiences of my power. Enemy no longer have an upper hand. Outpouring, triumphant victories, miracles, great things, marvelous things, abundant overflow. You should be jumping up and down in your living room. Don't you want that? I want that. I want everyone to see that. I want that to happen in every home of HFCC, in every church across the world. That's what I want. I want to come into agreement with what God wants to do. Right? So let's talk about, let's go back through this now and look at our part. Let's look at what God says our part is. He says, and we're going to go through this list and then we're going to break it down a little bit. He says our part, you and me, our part is to heed God's voice. It's to obey God's words. It's to rest in God. It's to decree it and receive it. And then he says, know that it's true. Know that it's true. That's your part. You got to know that it's true. Refuse to be swayed by anything that's said in the news. Then he says, stay with my word. Stay with my word. Then he says, stay in faith and get ready to receive. So these are our part. These are things we've got to do. Allow no one to discourage you. That's your part. You got to allow no one to discourage you. Keep looking to me, he said. Remain strong. Stay close to me. Fear not, nor be fretful. That's 14 things on my list that he says is our part. So it's not like we just get this word of the Lord and then we just, oh, that's great. No, for this to come to pass and you're in my life and this church and this world, we have a part. He gave us 14 things in that short word of the Lord that he needs us to do for this to come to pass. So let's break that down a little bit. Let's go back to number one, heed my voice. To heed means to mind, to mind, to regard with care God's voice, to take notice of God's voice. How about that? To take notice of God's voice. If you're sitting, listening to other things and focused on other things, you may not be giving your attention to God's voice. Let's sit and listen for God's voice in the midst of everything that's going on. We've got to attend to his voice. That's what he means. Give attention to, get, attend to it. Attend to it is like a waiter, like you're waiting on someone. You're waiting on the voice of God. You're making sure it has a place. You're making sure you have room. You've given it room. You've given God room to speak in your life. And you're observing what God says. So when God gives us the word of the Lord and we put it on paper, and if you haven't been to the website and gone to the events page... You can go to the events page and click on the very top thing and you can get, you can get a copy of this word of the Lord and print it off because it says we're supposed to observe it. That means you've got to put it before your eyes. You've got to remember what it says. You've got to read it over and over and over again. Remember what God said. Give attention to what God is saying. So heed my voice. Number two, he says, obey my words. Obey my words. You know what that means? Do it. Do it. Do what I'm telling you to do. So those of us, maybe God's been ministering to us to do something for over a year or something, and we still haven't done it. Do it. 
do it. He says, obey my words because your abundant overflow, your miracles are all hinged on you obeying my words, obeying my words. When I think about these two things, heed my voice and obey my words, I think about pastor's message that in the day of his power, his people have to be willing. We have to be willing. What does that mean? Prompt and ready for military service. That means prompt and ready to receive a command to do it. Right? We've got to be prompt and ready to obey. We've got to be willing. I think about how, you know, Peter was in his house praying and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, there's three men down at the door. I want you to go with them. Prompt and ready for military service. There's going to be things that there's, guys, I'm believing for this book to come alive in our lives. So I'm believing for what happened to them to happen to us. I'm believing for moments where the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, go out into the desert. Or an angel, right, showed up to Philip and said, go out into the desert. Go where no one is. Yeah, go where no one is. And he ministered to one man out there, right, who took the message to Ethiopia. So I'm believing for these kind of encounters with God. Because God has a great agenda for 2021. Remember? Signs, wonders, marvelous things, great things. But guess what? He's going to need a man. He's going to need a human. He's going to need a human, right? And it's going to take heeding his voice and obeying his words. So we've got to be ready to do what he tells us to do when he says. It may be that he brings something up out of your spirit to pray for someone. He brings someone to mind and he wants you to pray for them. He doesn't want you to pray before you go to bed. He wants you to pray right then. He wants you to heed his voice right then. Why? Because miracle after miracle is what he'll do. But it's hinged on you doing the word of the Lord. And so we've got to do our part so he can do his part, right? All right, number three says, rest in me. Wow, that is great news. How many of you like the word rest? I know I do. Rest means cessation, meaning ceasing from motion or action. Ceasing from labor, like physical labor. And all the men said, amen. Or ceasing from mental exertion. And all the men said amen because that's their wives. Ladies, cease from your mental exertion. Let your mind stop. You don't have to figure everything out, man or woman. You don't have to figure everything out. God is telling us, I need you to rest in me. He's saying, if you will rest in me, you will experience my goodness. I'll bring you experiences of my power. But you have to rest in me because that's our part. Our part is to rest in him. Number four, oh, another thing for rest means ceases from being disturbed. So you can't be disturbed. If you're disturbed, you're not resting, right? You can't be disturbed. All right, let's go to the next one. Decree it and receive it. That word decree actually means a judicial decision. That means you've weighed all the evidence and yep, that's the way it goes. So you decree it. That's the way it's going to be. Right? So when God says this is what he's going to do, then I decree that's exactly what's going to happen. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's a, as, so a judicial decree is as a rule that governs. So you decree it as a rule that governs. So you know what I'm saying? I'm saying over my life that the fruit of faithfulness is bursting forth. That's governing my life. That's governing my days. I'm going to prosper and flourish like never before. That's governing my day today. For the next 24 hours, Lord, for the next seven days a week, I'm going to see prospering and flourishing like never before. I decree it as a rule that's governing the affairs of my life. That's what decree is. Decree it and receive it. Receive it means take it. Accept it. So you've got to accept this as yours. You know, not only what God wants to do, but your part. You've got to accept your part. Receive it. Decree it and receive it. And then know that it's true. That word know means to perceive with certainty. That means you see it and you're certain. You, you can comprehend it. You see it. You know exactly what's coming. Miracle after miracle. Abundant overflow. Right? He's going to make a way for you. His spirit is moving. There's an outpouring of his power on the land. That's what you're expecting every day when you wake up. You're, expe- you're expecting an outpouring. An outpouring of his power on the land. That means you're expecting the world to change. You're expecting the world to start seeking God. That's what you're expecting. Every day. You're waking up expecting these things. 
Because you know, you perceive with certainty that this will occur. This is going to happen. You understand it clearly, right? God doesn't want any to perish. You understand that clearly. So, so what, then what, if God doesn't want any to perish, what does he want? He wants them all to experience eternal life. He wants them all to know him. Can you perceive clearly all coming to know him? Think about that. Meditate on that. Contemplate that because that's our part. We've got to perceive this with certainty, what God wants to do. So know, know that it's true. Know that what God is saying he wants to do is true and it will be done, right? And you're in, you're all in. Next, he says, refuse to be swayed. Refuse to be swayed by anything that's said in the news, anything contrary to the word of God, right? Refuse means to deny. Nope, denied, 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 right? No, that's what it is. You refuse to be swayed. You deny that you'll be swayed from anything that isn't what God says. You will not be swayed by what they're saying. You're not expecting what they're saying. Your expectation isn't from the news. Your expectation is from God, right? That's what the Bible says. So we hope in God. So we deny the request. We deny even a demand, right, to be swayed. If someone's demanding that you be swayed and you think how they think, you refuse. You refuse that demand. You refuse any invitation to be swayed. You refuse any command to be swayed. That word refuse also carries the connotation of driving it back, repelling it. No, repelling it. You will not listen. You will not. You, in fact, you're repulsed by it. No, no. It's like, you know, you, you, nobody can get you to eat Brussels sprouts. So nobody should be able to get you to eat what the news is saying or anything contrary to the word of God. You should be repulsed by anything that's different from what God says. It should repulse you, right? Drive it back, you repel it. And then swayed means, so you refuse to be swayed. That means you refuse to be governed by what they're saying. You refuse to be influenced by what they're saying. And you refuse to be biased by what they're saying. You refuse to have bias based on what they say. Oh, I know God says, but this is what's happening. No, this is what's happening in Dallas. No, no, you will not be biased by what's going on. You will not be biased by the reports of the world. You will stand steadfast, immovable, in faith to the word of the Lord. Amen? Steadfast and immovable. That's our course. Amen. So refuse to be swayed. Stay with my word. That word stay means remain. Continue in place. That means you will not go outside God's word. You will abide there. You will stand there. You will stay with my word, God's word. So you've got to know what God's saying, which means you've got to tune into church to know what God's saying. You've got to tune in at prayer time, right? You've got to come and hear from the word of the Lord. You've got to pray in the Holy Ghost and then pray to interpret. So you know what God is saying. So we've got to be spiritual. Do you hear that? We've got to be spiritual. Stay with my word. And then he says, stay in faith. Stay in faith. Faith in God. Faith in the power of God. Stay in faith and get ready to receive. Did you hear God say that? God said, get ready to receive. He said, get ready to receive. God to whom nothing is too difficult. He can get you what he's promised you. However, he's the God who gets water from a rock. There's nothing that can stop God from fulfilling the promise he's given you. Nothing. He is God. And he's telling you, get ready to receive. Those things he's promised you, those things you've been believing for, stay in faith and get ready to see it manifest. Get ready to receive it, to take it, to accept it into your life. Amen? Amen. He said, then says, allow no one to discourage you. That word discourage means to separate from courage, right? That's what discourage means. Allow no one to discourage you. Allow no one to extinguish your courage, right? No no one to extinguish your courage. Let no one dishearten you. Let no one dishearten you. Let nothing and no one dishearten you. No news, no person, no matter what they say, don't allow it to dishearten you. That word discourage also means to depress your spirits, to deprive you of confidence. No, no, no. Don't allow anyone to deprive you of confidence in God. God can do what he said he would do. Amen. We're fully persuaded. 
like Abraham. We're, right, we're children of Abraham, fully persuaded that God can do what he said he would do. Don't allow anyone to discourage you. Number 10, keep looking to me, God said. Keep looking to me. Now that word look, you guys know what that word means. It means to direct the eye. Where are you looking? Here. Look up. Up. <laughs> look up. This with the finger. Look up. Look up. Look at God. Look up. Seek his face. Seek him. See him. See him. See him who is invisible. Remember, that's how Moses did things. That's how Abraham did things. They saw things that were invisible. They looked. They looked to God to do what God, only God can do. They, but they looked to God, right? And that word look also means expect. When I look this way, I expect to see what's there, right? So when I'm looking, I'm expecting. Keep looking to me, God said in the word of the Lord. Keep looking to me. That means expect me. Expect me. Expect me in your circumstances. Expect to see me working in your circumstances. Expect to see me. Look to me. Expect to see me. Keep looking to me. Keep looking to me for answers. Keep looking to me for wisdom. Keep looking to me for provision. Expect me to come through for you. Keep looking to me, God says. And then he says, remain strong. That means don't wilt. Don't wilt under pressure. Stay strong. Stay built up in faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Right? Encourage yourself in the Lord. Remind yourself of all the things God's done. Don't wilt now. Don't wilt when it's so important. Remain strong. Remain strong. You know, there's strength in numbers. So if you want to remain strong, get around other believers too. Right? Start talking the word. There's, the word is alive and powerful. The word is strong. Right? So remain strong. Then he says, stay close to me. Stay close to me. United. That word close means united. It means you come together. You get near God. Remember? Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. And then you're joined. Stay close to God. I love that the word believe means cling to. Cling to God. Stay right next to him. Adhere. Another word is adhere. That means like you're stuck to God like glue. Right? Adhere to him. you got to stay close to me. And then he says in the prophecy, so you'll not be deceived. You know, if God is truth... Right? He only speaks the truth. He never lies. If I'm close to him, I'm going to hear what he says. And I'm not going to listen to something that's far from me. Right? I want to be close enough to him so I can hear what he says. And he will tell me. He will speak truth to me. Right? The Holy Spirit in me, his job is to help me. His job is to minister truth to me, to guide me into all truth. So I'm going to stay close to him. I'm going to stay joined to him. I'm not going to become joined to something else. I'm not going to spend all my time with something else. I'm going to spend my time with Jesus. I'm going to spend my time with the Father. I'm going to spend my time with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Right? I'm going to stay close to Him. I'm not going to get off by myself. I'm not going to get off with the TV. I'm not going to get off with the news. I'm not going to get off with scorners or complainers or murmurers. I'm going to stay close to God. I'm going to stay close to God. And remember, He's telling us these things so that we can have a great year. He said 2021 will be a great year, but these are our part to get us what he wants to do in our lives. And he only wants our good. He only wants our benefit. So he's telling us for our benefit, these things. Stay close to me. And then he says, fear not. Fear not. Fear not. No fear. You cannot fear. So you got to get it in your mind that whenever fear even shows its ugly head, you've got to do something about it. You've got to refuse it. Fear not. Fear not. Fear is a painful emotion that's excited by an expectation of evil. That's the definition. A painful emotion excited by an expectation of evil. It's apprehension of impending danger. If God is on your side, why are you expecting impending danger? See, so God's getting our eyes back on him. I'm with you. I'm on your side. How can you lose? This is the word of the Lord to us. How can you lose? It's fear is an uneasiness of mind. So when your mind starts to get uneasy, you've got to be quick to recognize that's fear and I will fear not. 
Because the word of the Lord to me is to fear not. So when God tells me to fear not, then he gives me the power to fear not. When he says fear not, there's power in his words to me to fear not. Does that make sense? So when he says fear not, it's like pastor has been sowing seeds of revival. How? By speaking about revival, right? When God says fear not, he's planting the seed in you that no fear, no fear. You will have no fear. Only faith will arise. Faith in what he says. Fear not. You'll have no anxiety. Anxiety is another word for fear. So when you feel yourself getting anxious about something, young people, whether it's school, whether it's job, whether it's finances, whether it's your cell phone, whatever it may be, you can't get anxious. And you can't act like that's a little thing. No, that's the whole tactic of the enemy is fear. Because anything he can make you fearful about, he's going, he is convincing you that God can't come through for you there. So he's robbing you of faith. And if he can rob you of faith, he can rob you of the promises. Because it's by faith that we inherit the promises. So how are things going to change in your life? I hear people say, how is this ever going to change? By faith. (laughs) That's the only way. By faith. That is the way. It will change by faith. Look at all the things throughout the scriptures, all the things throughout the word that changed by faith. By faith. We have that whole chapter of Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses did this. By faith, Noah built an ark and saved his whole family. You might be saying, well, how could any family be saved in a flood that that covered the whole earth? By faith. He had faith in God, and then guess what? He obeyed. See what I'm coming back to? Obedience. Your obedience is the channel for God's power. To work on your behalf and other people's behalf. you got to do what God tells you to do. So that's part of our part in this word of the Lord. So stay close to me. Fear not. Nor be fretful. Word fretful means agitation of the mind. So see how a lot of this is in the mind. you got to take control of your mind. The Bible says you got to cast down every imagination that exalts itself against obedience to the word of God. Anything that comes against you to, to get you not to obey God, then you've got to cast it down. So you may be saying, well, I haven't, you know, I haven't spent any time in the word today and I haven't looked over the word of the Lord for 2021, but, you know, I just want to lay around on the sofa. That is contrary to the word of the Lord because he's saying, stay in my word. So you've got to cast down that thought to stay on the sofa and watch your, ho- watch your holiday movie. You've got to first go to the word because you've got to do what God is telling us to do. So that we can get miracle after miracle, right? So we can get experiences of his power, experiences of his goodness, outpouring of his power on the land. There's things we have to do for him to be able to do this. And he's given us the plays. Guys, team, team, we're going to win. But he's given us the plays, right? He's calling the plays. And one of those plays is to not be fretful. It's not to get agitated in your mind. It's not to become irritated or ill-humored. No matter what happened today, no matter what you heard on the news, no matter what so-and-so said, no matter what your bank account says, you will not get fretful. You will not get angry. You will not get vexed or disquieted or troubled. You will not. Why? Because Jesus left you his peace. He said, I bequeath to you my peace. So it's our job to walk in that peace, right? He's overcome the world. And all he's asking us to do are these things on the list. He's just asking us, is it hard to heed God's voice? No. Is it hard to pay attention to what he's saying? No. Does it physically exert you? No. No, it doesn't. Is it hard to obey his words? Is it hard to rest in him? No, it's not hard. That's easy. Is it hard to decree what God says? No. No, I just have to open my mouth and do it. But you know what? I have to know what he said so I can decree what he said. So I've got to spend time with the word of the Lord. I've got to go and I've got to get the word of the Lord out. I've got to read this over and over and over again until I know it, until it gets down deep in me. That's what he's asking us to do. Spend time. Stay in my word. Stay in this word. Stay in this word. Stay in this word. Stay in this word. <laughs> stay in this word. You got to get in this word and then you got to stay in it. You got to be reading it. We've got to be talking about it. We've got to be talking about it. There shouldn't go another day 
Now then I said, did you talk about abundant overflow today? Did you talk about revival today? See, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm bringing these things to our remembrance because there should not go another day that we don't somehow find a way to talk revival. There, that, because that's what God wants. He wants an awakening. He wants an outpouring and an awakening. And so we've got to be talking about it. We've got to be making room for it. Right? Yes, we've got to make room for it. So we've got to be spending time in this. Abundant overflow. We can't be fretful. We can't be fretful. We've got to spend time in this word. Right? We've got to spend time in this word. Now, one thing when I was going through this word and I was looking at abundance and overflow, I went to my Bible and I looked up that word overflow. And you know that a number of times, number of times in the Bible, that word overflow is in reference to overflowing your enemy. Isn't that good news? God will come in with such strength and power that he will knock down your enemy. That word overflow is like when the Red Sea closed up over their enemies. He will wipe them out. Abundant overflow. Abundant overflow. He has, it's like when Jesus went to the cross and then was resurrected. (laughs) That's like abundant overflow. Not only did he kick him in the teeth, but he took the keys. You know, that's abundant overflow. He did more than enough. His grace was more than enough for us. He didn't just forgive our sins. No, he cleansed us from all sin, right? And then gave us access to the Father. He not only cleansed us from sin, he made us righteous. That's abundant overflow. God will go so much greater and so much more than what we can even, doesn't the Bible say, expect or even imagine. He is able to do more than you can imagine. He's the God who can bring water from a rock. That's more than I could have imagined. I would have never thought to get water from a rock, but God did. He can find ways to get things to you that you would never imagine. Because he's the God who can do exceedingly abundantly. According to the power that works in you, what is that power? Faith and obedience and patience. Those are the things that are going to inherit the promises. Faith and patience and obedience. Because it's your obedience that his power will flow through. Because he's going to need a man. Miracles happen through men. Miracles happen through men. Wonders happen through men. Every time you look up the Bible and you see the word marveled, it's because of something a man just did or said. Right? Because we're obedient to do what God says to do. And we're obedient to say what he says to say. And when we simply do those things... Wow, God can do what only he can do, right? And then they will marvel. They will marvel. And all we're doing is being obedient. See, he's given, I want to go back to this. He's given us the plays to win the game. And these were the plays. Heed my voice. Obey my words. Rest in me. Decree the word of the Lord. Receive the word of the Lord. Know that it's true. Know it, know it, know it. Refuse to be swayed. This is a play for success. This is a play to win the game. This is God's strategy for us. These are strategies. Refuse to be swayed. Stay with my word. Stay in faith and get ready to receive. Allow no one to discourage you. Keep looking to me. Remain strong. Stay close to me. Fear not, nor be fretful. Those are our plays. That's our part to do on the floor. Right? Those are what he needs us to do. Now, this past week, I was listening to, um, I heard George Pearson speak. And uh, he said that he saw a vision. He had a vision. And he saw a vision of God. And he didn't see God, but he saw God's arms. And this is what he said he saw. He saw God do this. And then he heard God said, watch me work. God's getting ready to work. He's pulling up his sleeves and he's getting ready to do some amazing things. He's ready to work. He's ready to perform his word, right? And so we as the believers, as the Christians, as the link on earth, right? As agents of the kingdom, we've got to get in line and in sync with what he wants to do. We've got to obey what he says and we've got to get ourselves in line with what he says. Remaining strong, staying in the spirit. Pastor has been telling us not to be carnally minded, be spiritually minded, What if the whole church started being spiritual? What if we went about all of our days just expecting God all the time? 
expecting him on every corner, expecting angels to show up with messages, expecting the Holy Spirit to tell us what to do, expecting visions, expecting dreams. What if? What if we all decided to get spiritual? What if we entangled ourselves from the affairs of this world, which the Bible clearly says, and we became the troops that God's been waiting for? Am I rallying the troops? Am I rallying you tonight? Come on, we've got to get some pep in our step. Church, this is our finest hour. It's our turn. It's our time. And it's God's day. It's the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is at hand. And he is pulling up his sleeves because he's ready to work. And he says, watch me work. And you know what's good about that is that we just get to watch. God's going to work. God's going to do some amazing, marvelous. Remember, he said marvelous things, great things. He's going to do miracle after miracle, abundant overflow. That's more than enough, more than enough to defeat your enemies, more than enough to defeat your adversary, more than enough to put you ahead in the game, right? God wants to work. He said, watch me work. And I'm reminded of something Dr. Savelle said to us not too long ago this year. He said that God told him, That the Bible, everything God says in here, everything he says he's going to do in the day we live in, everything he said he wants to do through his church, when he says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church, everything God says in this book, Dr. Savelle told us that God told him that the Bible is not so much a revelation of what I can do as a revelation of what I will do. What I will do. See, God's got some stuff that he's going to do. He will do. He wills to do it, wants to do it, and he's going to do it. And so this is our revelation of what God is going to do, what he will do in our earth and in our day. And so we've got to get in this word. Don't let another day go by that you're not reading. We're getting so much time, church, with these quarantines, with whatever. How much time do we need? How much time? If you've been saying, oh, I never have enough time, now you do. (laughs) So what are you using it for? Let's get serious about our time. The Bible says redeem the time. So use your time wisely, carefully, circumspectly, right? The Bible says carefully. So use your time to get in this word. Read a book you've never read before. First Corinthians, Nehemiah, whatever it may be. Read a book that you haven't read in a while. See what God has to say. And when you sit down with it, ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation. You know, God gave us the Holy Spirit. They were waiting and waiting for the Holy Spirit to be poured out. It was a promise of the Father. It was the promise of the Father that he would do this someday. And when he got poured out, the Holy Spirit came into our lives. And it started with speaking in tongues, but it didn't end there. We were to have power to be witnesses. So what? The Holy Spirit is supposed to bring us wisdom. He's supposed to bring us knowledge. He's supposed to work through us miracles. He's supposed to give us divine faith. So we've got to go on to these gifts of the Spirit that he promises through the Holy Spirit and become the powerful believers that we're supposed to be. See, there's a difference between a churchgoer, just like there's a difference, right, between a baseball cap and a rally cap, right? It's all in how you use it, right? Well, there's a difference between a churchgoer and a Christian. A Christian means Christ-like. That means someone looks at you and goes, whoa, they're a Christian. Because why? Because you look like Jesus, act like Jesus, work like Jesus, have results like Jesus, and they call you a Christian. They call you a Christ-like one. That's what we're to be about. We're supposed to be getting to the point where the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and he conforms us to the nature of his son, of the son. Right? Until Christ be formed in you. If you want glory in your life, be conformed to the nature of the Son. Right? He went around manifesting his glory, the Bible says. They saw his glory. So we've got to be conformed to the character and nature of Christ. So while you're home, work on your character. Right? Work on your temper. Work on your expectation. Work on getting alone with God and hearing his voice. Because that's what Jesus did. He got alone with the Father. How many times does it say he got alone? He went alone to pray. And then he himself, Jesus himself, told us, I only say what I hear the Father say. And I do the will of him who sent me. I don't do my will. 
So we've got to heed his voice and do what he wants us to do, no matter how badly we want to do something. He needs us, church. He needs us. So we've got to be about the Father's business. That means we've got to be about obeying what he's telling us to do. Why? Miracle after miracle is what I'll do. That's what he wants to do. He wants to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him. He wants to. He wants to perform his word, and he's pulling up his sleeves. He's pulling up his sleeves to do the work. So, church, it's our job to do our part. So get out that word of the Lord. Go through it. Underline your part and make sure you're doing it. The Bible says you've got to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. See if you're actually believing. Because you can go a whole day and not even be thinking about what God has said. If you're not thinking about what God has said, then you're not believing for it. You've got to have it on your mind. And in, you know, it's easy to have it on your mind when it's on, in your mouth. If you're talking about it, if Joseph and I are talking about the word, then it's on our mind. And we're talking about it and other people are hearing us talk about it. And you know what's exciting about the Bible? In Acts, they started talking about what was going on. They started talking about Jesus. On the road to Emmaus, they were talking about what was going on. They started talking, right? They were talking. And you know what the Bible says? The word grew mightily and prevailed. If we want this word of the Lord to grow mightily and prevail, we've got to talk about it. We've got to tell people about it. How does the word grow? How does it get bigger? How does it enlarge? By going from person to person to person to person. Isn't that how rumors get bigger? They go from person to person to person to person. So let's start a rumor about the word of the Lord. <laughs> let's start growing this word. Let's start spreading it. It says that the word, Acts says the word of the word of God spread and the disciples multiplied. Wow. So let's start talking miracles. Let's start talking a new era. It's a new era. You know what I like about a new era? I looked up this word era. And did you know that as defined, era is usually... De- oh, I, got, I wrote it down. Let me see if I have it here. An era is usually defined... Oh, I'm looking. It's a point of time that's fixed by a nation or a people group of the same name. So you could say the Christian era came about because there were Christians, Right? So an era is defined by a people group of the same name. What if this new era is our era? What if it's the era of era of the people who aren't satisfied to live in any other way but exactly like Jesus and get Jesus results? What if that's the new era? What if the new era is a group of as defined by a group of people who won't stop at, at the norm of losing? Right? How about the people group that say, I'm going beyond. I'm going to do and be just like Jesus. What about that era? What would we see? Can you see that? Can you comprehend that? A new era. So how is this new era going to be defined by what people group? And are you going to be in that people group? I want to be in that people group. When God says a new era is coming, that means it's a new kind of people. Something's going to happen in a new kind of people. And I want to be God's new kind of people. So I'm going where he's going. I'm doing what he's saying to do. And I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to read this word of the Lord until it gets in me, until it gets in me to such a point that I can almost not find anything else to talk about because it's all I'm thinking about, right? That's what we need to do, everyone. You've got to start speaking the same thing. God needs us unified in unity together, but more than that, in unity with him and what he wants to do. So we've got to start speaking the same thing God is speaking, so we got start, we start sowing seeds of miracles by talking about miracles. We start sowing seeds. We decree what God wants to do. And we don't allow anyone to discourage us, dishearten us, or sway us. Amen? We've got to keep speaking this word and watch God work. He wants to work. So we've got to have our power in place. Amen? And stop watching the world. Right? Stop watching the world. God is saying, look to me. Look to me. Look to me. Stop watching the world. Look to me. Right? We've got to have our minds on God and expecting, expecting him to come on the scene. Expecting an outpouring of his power on the land. I mean, I want you to sit for days and think about what that looks like. What does it look like for God to pour out his power on the land? Start thinking about that and letting the Holy Spirit reveal what that means. 
See, there's more depth in these words than we know right now. There's more depth to what God wants to reveal than what we currently understand. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. It's so that the Holy Spirit could reveal all things that's been given to us by God. And so we've got to get and spend time meditating on it and spend time with God and let him reveal what that looks like so that we can see it, know that it's true, clearly perceive what he wants to do and run with it. And then we run with that vision. Amen? Amen. So I just want to pray over you before I let you go tonight. We love you. We want you to know how much we love you. We're saving your seats. All your seats are saved. We've saved them. So when you come back, they're all going to be here, okay? So, Lord, I just thank you for our family tonight, our viewing family. Father, I thank you for the word that you've given us. Father, I thank you that you've given us a part so that we could get in on what you're doing. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, by your power, you will bring back to our remembrance these things that we're to be doing so that we can be exactly where you need us to be when you need us to be there. Father, we want to be in faith. We want to be in your word, and we want your word to be in us. So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for revelation of this word, deeper and deeper revelation. And, Father, I thank you and decree, Lord, that everything you want done in this land, in this earth, in this world, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we give you ourselves. We submit ourselves to you. Father, we agree to Follow the strategies to run the plays as given to us by you, Father. And we thank you that you will show us things to come by your Holy Spirit that we'll be ready. And that we will thwart off, Father, the things that the enemy has in plan. Those things that he brings against us, Father. We will know about them ahead of time and we will do what's necessary to repel them. In Jesus' name, we resist him steadfast in faith. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your power to do it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor? Uh, thank you, Nikki. Wasn't that a great word? Um, before we let you go, I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to, to sow uh, and, uh, and give. And uh, if you're giving uh, by way of text to give, you could, the number is 84321. Once again, that number is 84321. Also, you can go on the website and you can give there or you can mail a check-in as well. Um, but as, you're, as you're, we think about giving and even what Nikki was talking about, just the importance of the word, Jeremiah thirty-three twenty says, Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night so that there should not be day or night in their season, then can also my covenant be broken with David. It's interesting how he says this. He says, he says, if you could break my covenant with the day and the night. You know what? As long as I've been alive, you know, uh, going on 47 years, there's, there's not one time that I've been able to stop the day or stop the night. I, don't, I mean, maybe, maybe you've been able to do that. But, but according to this, he says, he goes, if you could do this, you know what? Then I might be able to break my covenant with David. That lets me know that, that, that we can't break the covenant with day or night. But that lets me know that God won't break his covenant promises either. So I want you to know that no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, what you're dealing with, the things that we're having that's going on in society, realize God is a covenant-keeping God. He's a covenant-keeping God. He's a healing God. He's a providing God. He's a God that strengthens. He's a God that makes alive. He's a God that quickens. And I, and I believe that, that, that God is making you strong right where you are. I declare that God is, that His presence is on you and strengthening you right now as you're, as you watch throughout tonight. I thank you that His presence is quickening you and strengthening you in every way. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to give. We thank you for your, your faithfulness over our finances. And I thank you, Lord, that as we're giving, we are releasing our faith in that covenant. That covenant that you said that you wouldn't break with David or the Levitical priests or your ministers. So I thank you that you will be faithful as pertains to our finances. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a couple announcements before we, uh, we close out tonight.
There are a change with the services. If you haven't got the uh, the email, uh, we will be doing just virtual services the next two Sundays, um, and we'll stream those at nine o'clock and nine a.m. But of course, of course, you can go back and you can watch it anytime. Uh, also, there won't be any uh, Wednesday service uh, next Wednesday uh, because of th- with Thanksgiving we weren't going to have a service anyway on that day, and also no corporate prayer on Monday. Uh, and a few other changes, we postponed our Connect class, which was scheduled for a Sunday after service, and also no victorious adults uh, um, Thanksgiving this uh, this Saturday. Uh, so we'll reschedule that. Uh, also with uh, uh, holidays coming up, uh, you can go to our website. If, if you know someone that needs a Thanksgiving meal during this holiday season, make sure you go to our website under events. And you can, you can register someone. And if you don't know, want to register someone, but you want to be a blessing to someone within our church family, then you can give there. Uh, if you want to do text to give to help someone for Thanksgiving or, or for Christmas, you can do the amount and you do holiday after that. That's the amount, then holiday. And, uh, and also we, uh, will still be doing the, um, the life unlimited outreach this week. Uh, you know, so if you're, you're already scheduled to go with that, um, then you can contact Joseph to make, uh, information about that. And that's going downtown and, and, and helping pass out food and ministering to people downtown. Otherwise, we're so glad you joined us tonight. We love you. We miss you and God bless and give him Jesus.